Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Church, it's good to be with you this morning. Even though it's virtual again, uh, we're still together in spirit and in truth, amen? And we can worship like that together. And we have been worshiping like that together. And guys, today is Palm Sunday. And so we're going to sing God's praises today. We're going to we're going to um, just, just praise Jesus this morning, say Hosanna in the highest, and we're going to bow ourselves before him in worship. And that's why we're gathered together wherever you are this morning. That is the reason we're here, to exalt the name of Jesus. And, <clears throat> and because it's Palm Sunday, that means Good Friday is coming up and Resurrection Sunday is coming up. And, and so we're going to celebrate Jesus, point our eyes to him, and, and uh, exalt his name. So this is our second uh, to last installment in our Discover Prayer series. And if you guys remember, if you're with Trinity Life Church, you've been with us this, this year, our theme for the year is Discover. And so we're taking that theme throughout all of our sermon series and all of our teachings. We're using it throughout every, everything that we do is, is what does God want us to discover this year? What does he want us to discover in each of these series? And, and in this series in particular, what does, he want us, what does he want us to discover in terms of prayer? And so each sermon, we've been giving you a practical prayer tip and a new line for a new song for our church to sing in this time. And, and so it's really cool. Um, uh, we're, we got something special for you later, but it's, it's really cool because God has been crafting a new song for us to sing. And, and, he's, and he's helping us to discover prayer together. And... <clears throat> And we've been planning on preaching in Revelation, the book of Revelation, uh, throughout this whole series. So we're going to be talking about this today out of chapter 5. And so don't, don't, don't think that this is uh, some sort of apocalyptic message or, or series or uh, we're, we're preaching the Armageddon here or it's a sign of the times. Uh, we are always going to preach Revelation. That was, that was always on the schedule for today. And <clears throat> but, but that doesn't mean that Revelation does not have an apocalyptic message. So before we jump into this passage, I want to give you five things uh, to help us understand the book of Revelation and, and to help us understand how God wants us to discover prayer together this morning in this particular passage. Because we've been singing different, we, we've been going through different songs, songs of lament, songs of praise, songs of victory. And this morning we're going to continue into a song of victory and and the book of Revelation, uh, it, it may not sound like that, but let me, give you, let me give you some five things. Because oftentimes, when we look at this book, we, we look at it with, with, um, with some fear and anxiety. So uh, number one, as we dive into this passage, is the book of Revelation has a lot of Old Testament or Hebrew scripture context. So as we go into this passage, remember that there's two-thirds of the Bible as background for this passage. We're talking about the, the Old Testament here for, for this passage for, 
for uh, this book. And in this passage in particular, we can look to four huge passages in the Old Testament. Isaiah 6, Daniel 7, Zechariah 4, Ezekiel chapter 1, all sound similar to what we're going to experience here with John as we walk through uh, Revelation chapter 5. And so there's a lot of Old Testament allusion. There's a lot of things that are similar. There's a lot of background there to where other prophets are seeing this throne room that we're about to enter into, the throne room of heaven. And, and, um, <clears throat> and so there's, there's a lot of things there. If, you, if you've read the entire Bible, that when you read this, you're like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of this, Ezekiel 1. That reminds me of, of living creatures in Daniel 7. That reminds me of, of uh, the throne room or, or the lamps in Zechariah 4, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Or Isaiah, Isaiah 6, holy, 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 right? Uh, is the Lord God Almighty? And, and we sang that song earlier. Uh, so that's, that's number one, Old Testament context. Number two is New Testament context. So that's like the latter third of your Bible. So all that is context for the book of Revelation as well. And in the New Testament, guys, uh, after the ascension of Jesus, after the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 comes on the church and, and comes down to dwell in us, you have the age of the Spirit, you have the age of the new covenant that was prophesied back in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Now you have that, and, and, and Peter quotes Joel in Acts 2, right? Uh, you have this consummation come. And, and take place in Acts chapter 2. And guys, everyone thereafter assumes we're in the end times. That's the beginning of the end of the age. And so when we read this book, Revelation, and there's this apocalyptic underlying message in there, and, <clears throat> and, and John's talking about like these things are going to happen in the near future, and they're going to happen soon, it's because they all assumed G that, that, that Jesus is going to return, one, but then also that the end times have started. And guys, we live in that time. And so this crisis that we're in, yes, it's a sign of the end times. Now, when I say that, don't freak out. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back today or tomorrow, next year, next week. I don't even know if he's coming back this century, guys. We're not talking about that. We're saying that just like the New Testament writers, we believe we're in the end times, that everything's coming to a close right now and that everything's going, going down to a close, that Jesus is going to come back. And, and we don't know when, but we want to be prepared for when that happens. And, and, and so all the New Testament is going in that direction. It's, it's much like when you're born, you basically are starting to die. This body is starting to decay, right? Um, your time is limited. Your, the clock has already started on your life once you've entered into this world. Same, same type deal. Um, in the age of the Spirit, the end is coming. We don't know when, but it's coming. And, and so that's, that, that is like the underlying apocalyptic context for the New Testament context for, for the book of Revelation. Number three, there's a context in the book of Revelation. Okay? Um, <clears throat> John here is in exile. The apostle John is in exile. He's in a crisis. He's in tribulation, the opening of the book says. He's suffering. He's in turmoil. He's, he's on this island in the Mediterranean Sea, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, that's not so bad. That'd be kind of nice right now if I was on an island in the Mediterranean Sea. But it's not, it's not like a resort or anything, guys. He's, he's there by himself in this cave. Uh, he, he probably doesn't have, have much to live on. And, <clears throat> and he's just... 
He's just there by himself. He's in exile. He's away from his people, from his homeland, from those he knows and loves. And there's no, there's no FaceTime, there's no Zoom, not, nothing like that to communicate with anybody. All he is is with, with the Spirit of the Lord, right? And so he's in exile. And guys, the tribulation that he's seen is he's seen all of his brothers, all of the other disciples, murdered and martyred. The church is not... Uh, the, the, the church is not comfortable right now, right? The church is in persecution. They are in tribulation. They are suffering right now, and yet they're thriving. The church is exploding around the known world at this point in history, and all this persecution is coming on them, and yet they're thriving. John has seen or heard of people getting crucified, He's heard of people being sawn in two. He's heard his brothers being clubbed to death, being stabbed to death. Uh, He's heard of them being burned to death, being beheaded. And John himself, tradition has it by by Tertullian, uh, one of the early church fathers, that that John himself was, was cast into a vat of boiling oil and came out unscathed, unharmed. And so that's why they exiled him to this island, because they're like, well, we can't kill him, so we're just going to put him in a, into exile. And so he's seen tribulation and he's seen crisis. So the, the context of the book of Revelation is, is this tri- tribulation, this crisis. Uh, number four, symbolism. Uh, John is, according to chapter 1, verse 9, he's, and, and verse 10, he's in the spirit. He's seeing a vision. He's seeing, uh, it's, 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 it's much like, like a, a prophetic dream he's, he's experiencing here. Now, that doesn't make this not real because there's some things in here uh, that, that may be interpreted literally and some not. Now, the issue is sometimes we just don't know, but there's a lot of symbolism happening in the book of Revelation. So a lot of things represent other things, and we're going to try to do our best this morning to, to talk about that a little bit, just a little bit. If you really want to take a deep dive into the book of Revelation, you can talk to my friend David Campbell, who's a, a scholar on, on the book of Revelation. Uh, but we're not going to do that today. We're just going to talk about this passage in terms of prayer and this song that's being sung. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about some, some symbolism in there. And then the last thing, number five, is that above all else, I believe this book was written to comfort and encourage the saints in tribulation, in crisis, and in persecution. And we see that at the end of the book that John experiences that. He experiences peace in God. He experiences encouragement and comfort from these words. And guys, as we live in this time of uncertainty, of fear, of distraction, of boredom, of anxiety, of, of just, the, just the unknown, and many of you have lost your jobs, some of you have, have uh, lost pay and work hours, some of you have lost family members and friends and loved ones, you know people affected by this virus, you know people who are sick uh, with COVID, and, 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 and guys, for all of you, whether those were true for you or not, for all of you, you've been derailed in some way. You've been distracted in some way. There, there's been something that has disrupted you in some way through this. And so this, this crisis we're in is, is truly global, and we're all experiencing this tribulation, this, this uh, suffering 
this, this hardship in some way. And this morning, I want to direct your gaze to the throne room of heaven. I want you to see what's happening there. And I want you to be encouraged and at peace and comforted because this is a song of the saints. So beginning in verse 9, it says here, and they sang a new song. And whenever you see this in scriptures, you, you, can, see the, you can see that word, those two words, new song, throughout the scriptures. And whenever you see new song, it means a song of triumph. It means a song of victory, of overcoming, of conquering, the song of, of praise for what God is doing and what he has done and what he's going to do. And so when you see this here, it says they sang a new song. There's something really amazing and wonderful and magnificent and marvelous and special about this. That something is going to happen where you're like, okay, I want to hear what this new song is because we've been singing these other songs. Let's, let's hear what this new song is that, <clears throat> that they have. But it says they sang it. So before we get to the new song, just got you amped up for, for all that. Before we, before we sing the new song, uh, who's they? Oh, who's singing it? Who's, who, and who are they singing it to? So if you just go back up one verse to verse 8, you'll see uh, that, that it says, when he had taken the scroll, this is the Apostle John, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls of full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang the song. So the people who are singing this song are the 24 elders. And, and you may be saying, okay, well, that does nothing for me because who are they? Who are these four living creatures? Who are the, the 24 elders? And, 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 and who are they singing to, right? Well, <clears throat> I can tell you who they're singing to. They're singing to the Lamb. They're singing to Jesus. They're singing to the one who took away the sins of the world. They're singing to the one who conquered, the one who overcame. They're singing to, to uh, the Son of God, right? That's, that's who they're singing to. But, but still, who, who, are, who are these four creatures? Who are the elders? Uh, a couple of things, uh, three things. One, we don't really know. That's... <laughs> Uh, that doesn't help you much, but, but we're, not, we're not sure. Uh, two, they, they represent, uh, it's symbolic of, some, of something, right? So they represent something else, okay? You're like, so that still doesn't help me. Three, I'll give you uh, one of the best guesses by scholars at, at to who, as to who these are. Remember, we're talking about a vision and an apocalyptic prophecy here. So <clears throat> uh, we, we can't, we can't be certain, and we don't want to get lost in, in speculative theology. So we're going to say what our, what our best guess is, what one of the best guesses is, and then we're just going to see what happens. So uh, one of the best guesses is that, four, that these four living creatures represent all of animate life. So they represent all the other creatures. Uh, you can see in chapter 4 that it's like a lion, an ox, an eagle, and one with the face of man. Uh, the, the 24 elders, one of the best guesses is uh, and I'm not saying it's the one I go with. I'm not saying it's the one uh, that, that is the best. I'm just saying that this is one of them. You can, you can talk to David Campbell again if you want to find out all the other ones um, or do some reading. So uh, one of them is uh, that 12 represent the 12 tribes of Israel and the other 12 represent uh, the 12 disciples. And together they represent the redeemed saints, 
those who have said yes to Jesus, to following Jesus. And so you have here the song of the redeemed, the song of the saints. And so the elders are singing here. They sing a new song, and they're saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. So I want to give you some truths here, because there's some truths here for the Christ and of the Christ. There's some truth here for the church and of the church. So the truths of the Christ are this, that he is worthy. Say that out loud with me, wherever you are right now, he is worthy. Who is worthy? Jesus is worthy. Say that out loud with me. Jesus is worthy. That means he is deserving of all that's about to follow. He's deserving of it. He has that, that he deserves this. Okay, he's, he's done this. He's, he's worthy of this. To take the scroll. And why is that? Because he gave his life for you. Because he gave his life for us. Because he gave his life for the world. And he laid it down. He was slain. And what happened in that? Well, his blood ransomed the people of God. So that's the third truth is his blood ransomed us. He gave his life in place of our lives. He took the death that was supposed to be ours and he died it himself. Guys, the significance of Jesus' death, you know, he's we're, we're talking about Palm Sunday, we're going into Easter, <clears throat> and I'll get into this a little bit more later uh, next week, <clears throat> but uh, Jesus is, is in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He's in agony there, and he's, he's, uh, blood is even coming out of his pores there, and he's like, Father, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. If there's any other way, may it pass, and, and I'll do that. But, but if this is your will, God, I'm going to do that. Your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. Your, your will, God. And then he goes and, and he gives his life. And, and, and guys, the reason he, he was in such agony wasn't because of death. He's not scared of, of death, right? That, it's not death. He knows he's going to conquer it, right? The, the reason he, he was in agony um, wasn't because he knew he was going to be humiliated. It wasn't the manner of death. Like he was going to be naked on a cross. He was going to be, his flesh going to be torn from his back. He's going to wear that crown of thorns. He's going to have nail-pierced nail, nail hands. The, the, those weren't the reasons for, for his agony. The reason for his agony is because he's about to carry the sins of the world and the weight of the wrath of God on our behalf. He's about to ransom us. He's about to take our place. His blood is about to cover us. And guys, you, when you see that the weight, what the weight of that did to our Savior and our Lord, our God, you know that that's nothing you could carry on your own. That's nothing we could ever carry. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't say enough prayers. We couldn't do anything. All we can do is rely on who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so we say, worthy. Worthy are you, Jesus, to do this. And those are the truths about Christ this morning from this song. The truths about us, church, the truths about us who, who are said yes to following Jesus are this. One, that we are from every tribe, every language, every people, and every nation. Guys, this truth that I just shared with you transcends culture. How amazing is that? Guys, our, our faith is truly a global faith. I mean, just look at our church, Trinity Life. Look at our church, how multicultural and, and 
multifaceted we are in that way. We come from all over the world, right? And it's, it's so amazing uh, when you look at our church. Just look at your, look at your small group, guys, and that, that meets in, in homes and how diverse that is. Um, we can see, and, and we're a small church, right? So we see a small picture of this even in our church. How beautiful and amazing is that? And that's a, that's a picture into eternity for us that the gospel transcends all these things. And then, guys, here's three big truths for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're the church, you are a kingdom. You're a kingdom this morning. You're a priest. You're a mediator to God for this world. You get to do that through Christ Jesus, through the power of his blood. You get to join in the reconciling of all things in Colossians chapter 1 as you work in, as your life is hidden in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the last thing is, you are rulers on this earth. You shall reign on the earth. And guys, this is now. This isn't, this isn't just into eternity. This isn't just in eternity. This is the throne room of heaven now. And if you're a follower of Jesus, the kingdom of God is in you now. And it is being fulfilled now. You are a priest now. You are a ruler on this earth now these things are being fulfilled in you. These things are happening in you. Guys, guys, these truths right here, this is what you are always meant to be. This is a fruition. This is a fulfillment of the Garden of Eden, of Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, that the, that the image of God was put in you. And now the image of God here, they're declaring the Song of the Saints as we're declaring this image of God has, has come together in us. And guys, that is the church today. We are the hope of the world because we're in Christ Jesus and we proclaim his name. That is who we are. And so I know we're in a crisis. I know that there's tribulation. I know that there's suffering. I know that there's persecution. But, but guys, these are our truths today that we get to live by that are true for us in heaven and on, and on earth. This is the consummation, the, the healing, the, 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 the fruition of the image of God coming back together in us that was corrupted by sin. And the Spirit gives us that. And the Lamb gives us that. And then verse 11, he says, Then I looked, and I heard those around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders... The voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. As this is, this is the song of the angels, but it's also the song of the saints. That, that, we are, that we are joining in the, the throne room of heaven with. We're joining in this song saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive all of these things. And so this is our new song line for the church this morning that I want to point out for us. This is for us, for, this is for us to, say, to say together, guys. This is, this is the song. But you know, often... This isn't our song. When I look at these words, 
And we say, and, and they're saying, Jesus, all power, all wealth, all wisdom, all might, all glory, all, all honor, all blessing is yours. Often we say, well, God, I want to give you some power over this part of my life, but I want to keep this part of my life. We don't, we don't say all power to him. We say, I'm going to control this part, and uh, you, you, can have, you can have this religious part over here. You can have this faith part. I want to control my career and my work part, and you can have some of my family part, but I want to keep some of my family part over here. Uh, and, and so we don't say, we don't join in the song. We don't say all power. Or we say, well, Jesus, here's, here's part of my wealth. Not all wealth. Here's, here's part of it. Uh, but I want to keep the, uh, the rest of it over here for me. And, and for e- those of you guys who even tithe and, and give faithfully, um, that may be legalistic for you. And you may say, well, well, yeah, well, Jesus, here, here's your 10%. Yay, I get to keep 90%. I get to do whatever I want with it. That's not all wealth, guys. That's not a life of generosity. That's not giving all of it to Jesus. That's still controlling part of yourself. Uh, you, you may say, wisdom, yeah, yeah, God, I want, I want your wisdom, but if it doesn't line up with, with what I think is right and what I think is good, I'm going to do what I want instead. And so you don't say all wisdom. And then you say, well, I want all blessing. Uh, I do know I want that. Oh, wait, it, it requires obedience? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm good on that. And then you see all might, all honor, all glory, and you say might, well, that requires me to be weak if I were to give you all, all might, and I don't want to operate in weakness, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm good there. And, and all honor and all glory, how, Jesus, can we share that? Can I share some of that honor and glory with you? That's more our song, isn't it? That's more our disposition, that's more our attitude. But this morning I want our new song to be this. And I want you guys to repeat this out loud wherever you are. I just want you to repeat this to Jesus. I want to give you all power, all wealth, all wisdom, all might, all honor, all glory, all blessing through my life. So let's do that together. If it's true for you, I want to give you all power, all wealth, all wisdom, all might, all honor, all glory, and all blessing through my life, Jesus. Guys, that's our new song for the church. That's, our, that's, that's what we want to sing, because he's victorious. And here's your practical prayer tip, guys. Use prayer to give to God. That's what we just did. Use prayer to give to God, not to take from God. And I intentionally use take, not receive, because in prayer you're supposed to receive from God. But guys, that's open hands. God, God, God just give me whatever you want to give me. Right? It's almost this, this, um, this just passive stance, like, God, I'm ready and willing for you to give me whatever you want. Whatever you want, God, that's receiving. But oftentimes when you go to prayer, you go to take. You go to grab. You go to forcibly remove from God to give to yourself. God, give me this. God, do this for me. Do this for me. Do that for me. 
But what if your prayer was giving to God? What if you made this your prayer this week? Every day you said, God, I want to give you all power, all wealth, all wisdom, all might, all glory, all honor, and all blessing with my life and through my life, Lord Jesus. What if you said that every week? And in verse 13, sorry, every day, and in verse 13 it says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Guys, this is everybody. I don't know if you caught that in verse 13. Every creature, no matter where they are, says these words, says this song. So whether you are a follower of Jesus or not today, this is going to be your song eventually one day. We're all going to sing it. Every creature in the ocean, in the sky, on earth, uh, the gospel say even the rocks will cry out if we won't praise his name. All creation sings this song, guys. So if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus today, you might have joined the song of saints earlier that we just said all out loud together. And guess what? That's your first step into following Jesus. When you say, Jesus, I don't know what this all means, but I want to give you all this. And I want to at least try to give you all this. And if this morning you meant that, then that's your first step as a follower of Jesus and celebrate, with, celebrate that with us in that feed. Let us know that you said that if that's the first time you've, you've done something like that. But you might be saying, well, I'm not ready for that decision now. That's, that's, a, big, that's a big decision. But guys, that decision determines which, which, determines which side of the throne you're on in this passage. You're, you're on the side of the throne that says, I've chosen to say this and I love Jesus, and you're on the other side that says, I say this now because I recognize it, but it might be too late. And so this morning, we're asking you to say those words, not, not, to, not because you have everything figured out, not because you're, you're, you're all ready and you have everything in order. We're just asking you to try. We're just asking you to start yourself on that trajectory to say yes to Jesus. And so I want us to do something, take the next 30 seconds or so to do this. I want you, wherever you are, I want you to, to um, when I say start, we're gonna close our eyes, and I want you to picture this passage as I read it. I want you to picture every creature doing this, and I want you to picture yourself joining in with every creature doing this. And I want that image to be emblazoned on our minds and our hearts this morning. So close your eyes, and I'm going to read this over us. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Join in that song this morning. Let that song be your song. 
if you're willing to give those things to Jesus, power, wealth, all of it, wisdom, might, honor, glory, all of it, all blessing, if you're willing to give up your perceived, ephemeral, short-lived, fading, apparent, illusory grasp on those things and give those to God, you will exchange them for the eternal measure of those things, the eternal substance. Because guys, those things you just have a shadow of this morning, power and wealth and honor and glory and wisdom and blessing. Jesus is worthy to have all those things. He has all those, all those things. So when you put your life in him, he gives all those things freely to us. And so church this morning, you are a kingdom. You are priests. You're ministers of reconciliation. You're peacemakers. You are rulers on this earth of a kingdom that does not fall and never will fall and is imperishable. Psalm 20 verses 7 through 8 says this, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we, us, the redeemed, the song of the saints, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so while they collapse and fall, we rise and we stand upright. So church, be encouraged this morning and persevere. Take comfort and take heart because the lamb has overcome the world. So let's rise and stand upright for we are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And let's show the world this together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the truth about you and us that we, that we saw this morning. Thank you for who you are and who you've called us to be. We are nothing without you, but we are everything in you. Oh, it's so amazing when we die to ourselves and we give up, and we give up <clears throat> those things and those things that we're trying to hold on to. Uh, you give us so much more. So we come to give to you this morning in order to receive and give to this world. And so make that so, make that true this morning now, even as we sit in isolation, make that true together as we worship your name. We pray this in the only name that matters, the worthy name of the Lamb, Lord Jesus, amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon. Thank you.